This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. You are listening to Resource Centre. This is Audrey Raj. Now, a couple of months ago, Prime Minister Tan Sri Muhyiddin Yassin launched the Malaysia Digital Economy Blueprint, which mapped out how we would become a high-value-added economy and a net exporter of homegrown technologies and digital solutions by the end of this decade. The My Digital Roadmap has been heavily discussed, even right here on BFM. You can go look on our website or on our app for all our Primer podcasts to understand the blueprint better. But on the show today, Day, we're going to deep dive into how the roadmap will impact businesses and the wider society, the economic implications of digitalizing the nation, what's in it for the private sector in working with the public sector to help bring the strategies from the blueprint to fruition, and how you and your business can lay the foundation for this change to happen. And to do this with me are our friends from PwC. Yeah, thank you, Audrey. Uh, good morning, everyone. I'm Patrick Tay from PwC. I'm a partner in the economics and policy practice. Hi, good morning again, and uh, thanks for having me. Um, my name is Marina Mokta. I'm also a partner in uh, PwC within the economics and policy practice together with uh, Patrick Tay. Right. Thank you so much, guys, for uh, taking the time to do this uh, with us. Now, it's been quite a few sleeps since we heard about the My Digital Blueprint. Two months on, what's happening with this? You know, have there been any developments on the blueprint so far? Yeah, thanks, Audrey. Uh, so I understand the the National Digital Economy and 4IR Council uh, that has been set up since November last year have uh, have actually met a couple of times. Uh, so this council was set up to coordinate and to create a platform for new innovative solutions to be implemented. For example, uh, vaccine certificates using blockchain technology. Uh, as the nation recovers from the pandemic. So this council's role is to actually help shepherd and help uh, make decisions on uh, key things to implement. I think the council provides a good check and balance mechanism to monitor how the strategies and initiatives are implemented so that we can advance our nation's digital economy agenda. Uh, With the upcoming 12 Malaysian plan, the digitalization should be and will be one of the key focus areas as the government aims to speed up acceptance and use of the latest technology and innovation as part of our long-term plan to create a high-growth, high-income, knowledge-based and equal society among Malaysians. Mm. Now, speaking of plans, um, a plan is just a plan is just a plan at the end of the day. So what needs to go into implementing this particular plan so that no sector of the economy is left behind? You guys have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I think that's a great question. You know, like uh, the old cliche saying, you know, like, uh, if you don't, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Uh, so that being said, uh, a plan is only just as good as the coordination and the execution behind it. So I, I guess maybe there's a couple of ways to look at this. Uh, digital uh, adoption, digital transformation itself is blurring the lines across a few sectors, right? For instance, uh, retailers are moving into logistics to serve their customers more effectively. Uh, also not surprising that uh, non-banks, you know, like a ride-sharing company, are applying for a digital banking license. So this disruption is causing a lot of changes uh, in society. And I think it's quite important then in, in that regard that 
the government plays a public policy role to drive continuous efforts to equip talents with the necessary digital skills to ensure that we leave no one or no sector of the economy behind. Uh, so as you know, like the different sectors adopt digital technologies, uh, demand for talents that are agile and equipped with technical skills uh, will increase. Uh, maybe a couple of uh, other points. Uh, the emphasis on digital society and inclusiveness and more so the role of civil society organizations to support the implementation of the blueprint has been mentioned in the announcements that we've seen so far. Now, this is really important, right? Because, you know, if you're not looking at technology for technology's sake, you know, like the human factor should be paramount. Technology should be seen only as an enabler. So I think there's a great opportunity here now for institutions like think tanks, universities and the media, like what we're doing now, hopefully, to engage in a dialogue and to contribute views and feedback on how digital transformation can be realized across different sectors of the economy to actually, you know, like uh, benefit the rakyat, so to speak. Yeah, I, I think um, what we've seen in the blueprint as well is, is there's a lot of initiatives that also rely on private sector or civil society organizations to help with the rollout. I think some of the examples are like the Maikra program where they talk about how the um, private sector uh, can encourage voluntarism in conducting digital training, for example. So it's not just about what the government agencies' uh, programs are about, but it's also how the government can facilitate the um, involvement of private sectors, be it big or small corporates, as well as your civil society organizations and the, start, uh, the state government, because at the end of the day, those are the ones who are closer to the grassroots. Hmm. Now, private sector participation, you know, what more needs to be done by the government to encourage uh, the private sector to be active participants uh, in order to meet this blueprint's objectives? Marina, maybe we'll start with you. Yeah, thanks, Audrey. Um, the blueprint has a call for action for all uh, private sector. And also, I believe that private sector are already looking into digitalizing their own business, but just because it's now a need. And it's now a need for them to actually transform as well as look at what is um, good for them to embrace for their particular business. In the blueprint uh, governance structure, there is uh, this strategic change management office, uh, I believe, uh, that is meant to be the coordinator that what Patrick mentioned earlier and closely monitor the implementation of this blueprint. What it needs to be is to uh, be the sort of um, role, coordinating role that it plays between the public sector as well as the private sector. We have a lot of agencies like MDEC and MAGIC who has been doing very well all these years and they need to basically up the game in terms of uh, implementing this digital blueprint as we are uh, you know, facing a lot of competition with our regional and global markets as well as how we can help our private sector network tap to the global market to accelerate the growth of our own uh, companies in Malaysia. And like I mentioned earlier, the effort of the government is not only at the federal level, it's also at the state government, working with the local players uh, on the ground, operating in the state, you know, to design programs that can benefit the local communities, uh, especially in you know, improving their digital skills, their enhancement in uh, 
uh, implementation of uh, digital solutions into their businesses and also you know have design thinking that can be an avenue to help companies come up with more user-centric solutions to enhance the customer experience. I mean, there are a lot of programs available to the public especially the students and professionals, uh, offering digital education experiences as part of infinite learning, like uh, you know, Genovasi University College, I think that's what it's called. Mm. Okay, so how can the blueprint provide an impetus for SMEs to move up the digital value chain? You know, where, where, do, we, where do we begin with this? Would mindsets be a good place to start? Yes, absolutely, Audrey. I think mindset is uh, key in any change that we want to implement. You know, digitalization can be nurtured in businesses regardless of the stage you are in. Think, for example, if you're a business, you know, when you want to invest in something, would you want to invest in, you know, um, high quality laptops or, you know, start buying a, a good van, you know, for example, or, and a good printer to print all your things or do you want to go digitalization? So this um, investments, for example, no matter how big or small you are, uh, it comes from the mindset in terms of what, how you're going to do your business and how you're going to um, meet your customer experience. So as new technologies are adopted, the other key important thing that businesses need to think about is, of course, uh, cybersecurity. In the Blueprint, uh, there is this program uh, that we see called the Digital Compass. Basically, it's uh, a guided a guidance on potential digital solutions for different businesses to consider in whatever stage they are through a tailored technological roadmap. But like uh, Patrick mentioned, it's not just about technology. It's about how the SMEs need to have a vision and a plan on how their business can grow through digitalization uh, depending on their business digital maturity level. I mean, as SMEs are typically more nimble uh, by virtue of their size, they can always continuously refine their plans as, as new learnings are picked up along the way to improve on uh, processes and solutions. And you know, as you grow bigger as well, there are other potential issues that may come in and hence the blueprint also highlighted the importance of a trusted and secure digital environment. I think for SMEs, it's no longer just about adopting e-commerce platform to reach the customers, but to give that trust and the element of uh, security to the customers so that, you know, online transactions are protected and, uh, you know, the businesses themselves are protected from cyber attacks to avoid any financial loss. I think there was a statistic by MySet that shows in January and February 2021, uh, online fraud is about 65% uh, of uh, cybersecurity incidents reported. So, yeah, it's, so it's not just about going digital, but it's also about creating that uh, secure and trusted environment because that is what enhances the customer's experience. So, Audrey, if you permit me to just jump in and add a little bit. Uh, I think, I'm not sure how many people remember there was a very good book uh, done by, I think, one of the founders of The Wired uh, called The Long Tail. So, and, and it's really relevant in, in this case, even though the book's probably more than 20 years old, right? So, you know, our SMEs, uh, you know, with the digitization and the opportunities that are provided now, can literally reach out to every corner in the world, right? Uh, and, and when I say long tail, you know, it means that, you know, a lot of our SMEs uh, really cater to maybe one to three percent of the market, right? 
So one to three percent of a ten million Klang Valley market, or or a thirty odd million Malaysian market, is actually a small number, right? But one to three percent of a one billion, two billion uh, global market, uh, uh, relevant market, right? It's actually quite a big market. So I think I think you know, I, uh, digitization actually provides the impetus, you know, for SMEs to actually also expand their horizons. You know, I don't just look at Malaysia as a market, you know, and look to 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 you know like service you know like the global markets and and in in that regard i think you know it's part of the mindset change that you're referring to earlier and that marina was referring to earlier needs to be a willingness to try new things because marketing on the digital level marketing to a global audience is very different uh from you know like what you're used to you know like around your local neighborhood or just to uh, you know, even even just to your need, your customers around the clan clan. Definitely, definitely. Right, uh, we're going to take a quick break now for some messages. But when we come back, we discuss if Malaysia has the resources and the infrastructure to make the My Digital Blueprint a success. Plus, we take a look at how our neighbours down south are doing things and if we can absorb some key learnings from them in this process. Uh, stay tuned to Resource Centre, BFM 89.9. Binge-friendly movies. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You are listening to Resource Centre. My name is Audrey Raj. Online with me right now, I have Patrick Tay, Economics and Policy Lead at PwC, as well as Marina Mokta, Partner uh, at Economics and Policy at PwC. And uh, we are, of course, discussing the My Digital Blueprint's potential impact on businesses, how it compares to digital roadmaps in other economies, and how it may pay off in terms of Malaysia's position in uh, competitiveness rankings. Now, um, I know we can't compare. It's never apple to apple, no matter how similar things may be. But what are your observations on digital blueprints in other countries? And I, and I hate to ask you this, but say our neighbours down south in Singapore, what are some learning points that we can take from other countries uh, as we embark on this initiative? Uh, you know, amidst COVID-19 and um, you know, a recovery from this pandemic. For sure, for sure. So let me get uh, a big uh, gorilla out of the room first. First, first of all, right, Singapore is a dense urban center, you know, much akin to Klang Valley. And I am sure if we only had to govern uh, a small, dense urban center like Klang Valley, we would do a much, much better job because it's so much easier to do so, right? But we do have to balance the uh, needs of a country, uh, urban center, you know, like much smaller regional centers, uh, rural areas, you know, like East Malaysia, etc., and all that. Uh, nevertheless, uh, what are some learning points that we can take as we embark on this initiative? Is I think you know a, a couple of really important points. One is that uh, promoting transparency and accountability through sustainable digital in- initiatives uh, is quite important. It, it is the common trait observed in the digital roadmaps of uh, other more advanced economies that we aspire to. Um, in that regard, we see the government and the private sector needing to actively collaborate to follow through their commitments, to engage citizens such so as to raise the awareness of the initiatives that the nation is embarking on and to build trust in data. Data is the lifeblood in which uh, the digital economy works on, right? It's the one that you know, circulates around, etc. So therefore, I think quite importantly, a strategic communications approach needs to be employed to enlighten the public on what they stand to gain from such initiatives. 
Uh, our government actually is quite onto it in that regard. Uh, but if you look at the example of the Singapore government, they use media content, a video series through a character called a smart ama, ama being the colloquial term for a grandmother, a Singaporean grandmother taking advantage of smart nations initiatives to improve a quality of life. Not only that, you know, through the smart health tele rehab, uh, but also you know, and matchmaking her her grandson with others, etc., and all that. So, so it's quite humorous, right? And it engages the audience, etc., and all that. Uh, the only other point that I wish to emphasize, uh, which I did earlier, but it's, it's worth reinforcing because it's so important, is that uh, to ensure no one is left behind, right? Through using the improved access uh, to solve social problems, and in that regard, ethical behavior should be given priority, uh, so that we create a digitally responsible society. Uh, creating an AI ethics framework, for example, like they did in Australia, might be a good idea, uh, because you know like one of the things that uh, that probably keeps me awake at night is uh, you know like one day you know like uh, somebody employing deep fake technology to tell Marina that I've given her a pay increase. <laughs> doesn't sound like a, a bad thing, does it, yeah, Marina? It doesn't, doesn't sound like a bad thing at all. <laughs> all right, um, can I? ask if the blueprint provides uh, an effective roadmap for other targeted digital initiatives in the country uh, like you know like like uh, digital penang uh, or the proposed johor digital council marina maybe you want to take this yeah i think just to take a step back is in uh, the role of government itself to be digitalized is, is extremely important because what we see uh, and uh, from other countries, I think there was one article uh, from the Japanese government during the COVID-19. I mean, they face a lot of issues because the government itself were not uh, digitalized and then a lot of decisions were slowed down as well as, you know, how things uh, need to be moved um, we're not moving as uh, fast uh, to respond to the COVID-19 initially. And that's all because uh, they were not, uh, I mean, the entire nation you think is very digitalized, but I think the culture within the government itself is probably not fully embracing digitalization. So uh, I believe that uh, the government is a key change agent as well in driving this uh, blueprint, which is why I think there is one uh, cluster uh, that is targeted towards uh, digitalizing and modernizing the, the public sector. And, and again, this change agent can help influence the other businesses as well as MS, uh, you know, the micro SMEs uh, in terms of you know, what should they invest in, in what kind of uh, digitalization uh, investment they should uh, put into. And, and working uh, with the state governments, I think some of the state governments have their own um, councils or, 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 or enterprise to roll out some of their own initiatives. I think Slango as well has the Digital Slango uh, uh, Corporation, if I'm not mistaken. And all of them have targeted uh, initiatives to the uh, rakyat in their areas to look at what can uh, be done uh, for the rakyat in the near term, either in, you know getting them digitalized, uh, giving them the right device and infrastructure, like you mentioned, uh, you know, giving them the required skill sets, or facilitating uh, businesses uh, to actually uh, grow their platforms or actually to get in touch with other companies, both regional and uh, global market. 
can I give a shout out to Sarawak State Government for you know like uh, creating the Sarawak Digital Economy Strategy three years, four years ago? Mm. Yeah. yeah, all right. Now, uh, I want to talk about resources. Um, do we have the right talent uh, and skill sets in this country to make this blueprint a success? Uh, absolutely. I believe that I think Malaysia have all the right talents and and skill sets. I think we are proud to have some uh, local homegrown companies, uh, for example, like uh, Aerodyne, who's been successful even globally, uh, and, and others, I know, we grab was also a local talent uh, initially um but i think what we are seeing here is it's not about the lack of uh the right talent and skill sets but it's about having more of those and what we need is to ensure that the the new uh talents that are coming up you know our current workforce needs to be upskilled and reskilled to adapt to the ever changing uh technology and you know again to equip the students in schools and universities with the right knowledge and skills to help them thrive in the future it's not about learning uh, one particular technology or another but it's to be able to adapt and to be agile because at the end of the day the job market continues to evolve at breakneck speed you know but at the end of the day they ask certain skills uh, you know Last time it used to be just reading, writing, you know, adding, but now it's potentially looking at uh, understanding data, analyzing what the data is, and that's uh, probably uh, in high demand. And to be honest, I'm also quite worried because I'm not even sure what my kids are going to be. It's not what it used to be, right? Accountants yeah. or lawyers or doctors. You know, there are new jobs right now which are more lucrative, and, and hence uh, what's important is, you know, uh, we, uh, we have... In, to inculcate uh, the basic technical te- uh, knowledge that is needed, as uh, you know, especially in this digital world, and uh, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you know, we have the right talent, but we need to continue build, to build the pipeline of technical talents in the country. There are a lot of new emerging technologies like AI, you know, IoT and blockchain. We hear all of this a lot, um, and there are innovative companies that we've met, uh, you know, amongst our clients as well. But what is needed is, uh, you know, for the government to help facilitate the growth of these local companies to become global players, not just our Jago Kampung, not even regional, but global players. And we believe that that is a possibility with the digitalization uh, right now. I think some uh, transformative uh, law measure, uh, you know, making coding or computational thinking part of the core curriculum in schools. Uh, like I mentioned, it's not about Today, they learn how to use this software or that hardware. But it's about being able to have that creative thinking, uh, the ability to solve problems and not just memorizing things. And, and uh, yeah. Marina, if, if I can add, um, we've made a commitment as a global network of PwC firms to actually invest $3 billion globally in new world, new skills. We know that, you know, like, although we are a 170-year-old type organization, we know that, you know, like uh, things change incredibly fast. And we are worried that a lot of our jobs that we currently have for our, of our workforce will actually change so dramatically that they will be out of work. So we've made the commitment to invest the $3 billion so that we can upskill them. And we've made a promise to all our workforce that if they're willing to be upskilled, then no one will be left behind. 
Okay, so talent uh, is a non-issue. We just need to focus on upskilling and reskilling. But what about um, security and our privacy infrastructure? You know, is our uh, because we were talking earlier about cybersecurity issues and things like that, right? Is our security and privacy infrastructure conducive to support these initiatives? Um, there's, I think uh, with technology, there's always room to improve uh, security and privacy infrastructure because, you know, then again, uh, all these software are sort of invented by humans. So, you know, there will be new um, threats right now. Last time it used to be people stealing money, but now people are stealing data, right? So uh, there's, uh, we have to continuously up our game. I don't think there'll be an end to it. Um, I think both government and private sector play a very, very big role. Uh, with the rise of online activities, there is a greater need for the society to also have that uh, trust, you know, that that they will be protected. Their privacy, their data are protected. I think I'm sure all of us sometimes wonder whether, you know, our phones are listening to, to what we want and then the right advertisement will come up, right? So I'm convinced. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so am I. <laughs> So, so that that is the current issue that our uh, policymakers are facing right now, right? Whilst the private sectors uh, are moving along, innovating new products, you know, how do we protect uh, the citizens? And and that's where the government is uh, needed to help enhance our, you know, all our critical national uh, information infrastructure, and even businesses as well. I think. I think there was a PwC uh, Digital Trust Insights uh, 2021 surveys that uh, we put up and about 73% of Malaysian respondents polled uh, indicated that a ransomware breach is likely to occur in their industry in the next 12 months. And and I, I sometimes do get uh, random uh, emails and, 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 you know, somebody trying to hack, but in this, but without the right infrastructure, uh, both softwares and hardwares, you know, you can easily be compromised. Your business can easily be compromised. So these are the kind of uh, investments that, you know, new businesses need to so also start thinking about, not just by the way, you know. So I think that that, that is uh, <clears throat> definitely an area that we always continuously need to invest in and improve upon. I think if I can touch on that point, Audrey, I think that's where the you know, public policy role is quite important because uh, the issue with digitalization right, is, is things moving so fast that we tend to forget, you know, like uh, uh, about the how 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 we should react to it, etc. So I mean, the way I try to explain it to my eighty-year-old dad and my seventy-five-year-old mother is that look, uh, in the digital context, right, uh, it, it shouldn't cause you to take leave of your senses, right? If somebody sends you an email, right, and, you know, like, you should take the time to pause to to uh, verify. It's not dissimilar to, for example, if somebody knock at your door and they say that, you know, like, they are your old lost friend, you know, like, you would take the time to check them out and say that, no, you don't look like my, my old friend, right? So, so just because you receive an email doesn't mean that you should automatically react and click on to it. You should go like, hang on. It's a bit strange that... Uh, you know, I've already, I'm already friends with uh, Michael Yeo, you know, like, but what am I getting another friend request from him? Right, so it's just taking that moment. And I think that's where uh, public policy role is there to, to actually help explain to, to our, our uh, rakyat, right, that, you know, like, there's all these uh, steps that, you know, like, everyone just needs to be a bit more mindful. 
Okay. Uh, it's about time for us to wrap up, guys. But uh, before we go, um, can I uh, ask if these digital initiatives, uh, do they give Malaysia a leg up in terms of competitiveness rankings? You know, what are investors looking for when they assess such initiatives? Uh, and will this give us a boost? The answer is absolutely. For example, one of the key index components of the Global Competitiveness Index by the WE. EF, the World Economic Forum, is on ICT adoption. So for investors, definitely they look, they look at um, aspects of readiness of digital infrastructure because they know that's what drives their business, right? Uh, in terms of connecting with customers, connecting with suppliers, uh, planning their operations, etc., and all that. So high-speed internet connectivity, data centers uh, would enable businesses to use these high technologies. I think both the blueprint and the National Digital Infrastructure Plan, Jalinan Digital Negara or Jandela for short, are key government efforts to strengthen our high-speed infrastructure, internet infrastructure, preparing our country for transition to 5G technology and to boost the domestic data center sectors. When we do all this right, we would make Malaysia a much better platform for uh, we strengthen the existing strengths that we have Right, for investors, uh, multinational as well as domestic, to service a burgeoning uh, ASEAN, Asia-Pacific uh, consumer market. So definitely, you know, these initiatives will strengthen us in terms of competitiveness. All right. Uh, and any parting words before uh, I let you off the hook? Marina? Yeah, I, I believe that it takes uh, everybody to, to sort of join hands to, to make this work. And at the end of the day, it's not just about uh, plans and programs. It's about execution and the accountability that uh, you know, we all need to sort of push through forward together because Malaysia, we have the resources, uh, a lot of resources. We are in the right uh, location you know, to actually capture the local and uh, regional global market even. We have the right talent. So, you know, it's all about, you know, all of us going towards the same direction, uh, putting our minds and our efforts together and, and, and to ensure that the, the, the execution is being done and being realised. Right. Patrick? Patrick? Uh, Audrey, none from me as the lady should always have the last word. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you once again, guys, for taking the time to uh, speak with us. I've been speaking with Patrick Tay and Marina Mokta from PwC Malaysia. If you missed out on any part of this show, you can go look for the podcast on our website, bfm.my. You can also find our podcast on the BFM app, on iTunes, on Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcast fix. Uh, we'll be back again same time next week for more. But till then, you've been listening to Resource Centre with Audrey Raj on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.